0: All right, it's, it's good, it, it, we concluded, con, con, finished, concluded, I'm already tongue-tied, Colossians and Brother Darren has taken us through that, and in two weeks I think he's going to start us off in Matthew, so looking forward to that. And I, I'm blessed to be with you this morning, and we're going to be in Psalm 70, um, so if you want to turn to that or scroll to that, we will unpack those five verses in just a few minutes. Um, some of you know that there are quite a few of us in here that play ultimate, and that is a, uh, with a disc on a field, a little bit smaller than a football field, and we play, and it's seven on seven. There's no subbing until after a score, and you're throwing the disc. You can't run when you have the disc, um, but you throw to teammates, and if it's dropped or intercepted, the other team just immediately is going the other way with it. And I think the last couple of years, I have had the distinguished privilege of being the oldest one out there playing and it's it's been a lot of fun but obviously there's there's times when I'm outmatched and there's one thing that we do when we're playing so like if if I'm having to guard Russell which is a bad day for me um, and he breaks and gets by me it, I'm toast he's going to be gone so part of the plan is that you have to yell switch or you have to yell help, and it's supposed to be somebody further back that can pick Russell up and, and give me a break because I am now at a point I can't do anything. Let's notch that up. A few years ago, we well, I'd say about fifteen years ago, we were cell phones were really kicking in in the youth group uh, in my uh, church up in the upstate, and I thought, okay, I'm we're going to take care of this. And we weren't really in smartphones, so basically our our students, it was texting and phone calls. And I thought, we're going to go to the mountains, and I'm going to pick a place where cell phone reception is bad. So I checked out two places, great locations, and we had our weekend retreat, so I picked the one that was terrible, terrible cell phone reception. They told me when I got on site, hey, we want to tell you, bad cell phone reception here. I went, awesome. Awesome. So we checked things out. I went up on this little overlook and was taking pictures to put on the bulletin board to promote the retreat with the youth group. And I found that spot, that sweet spot, where I actually had cell phone reception. A couple months later, we're there. We arrive on Friday. We're setting up. It had misty misty rain. um, And... So we have some of the students that are outside playing and getting ready to come in. I have some inside and some adults helping me set up. And one of the kids comes running in the room and says, Ken, Ken, come quick. Jonathan's knocked himself out. I went, what? And so we went running out there. And sure enough, he's laying on the court. There's an outdoor court with eight-foot goals. And what he had tried to do was to dunk on an eight-foot goal. But as he went up, he slipped. And so when he hit the rim with a ball, it pushed him back. And he knocked himself out. And so he's laying there, and there were a couple of my adults in it, his sister there, and we ran up, and, and you know what's going to happen. Call 911, and everybody's like, nothing. I got nothing. And so I like, so I go, I run up to the office. They've left for the night. So I am contemplating breaking into the office to get to the landline. And I, as I'm standing there, one of my guys, what do you do? And I said, run up to that overlook right up there and see He'd call 911, and he looked at me like, "Are you crazy?" But off he ran. And as I'm getting ready to break into the door, I see him waving, and, and he could tell he had gotten 911. So you can imagine that the length of time, even though we got a hold, it was like, "Hurry!" We got this kid knocked out. He came to, and, and the ambulance came, and they took him, and um, and he did have a concussion and was able to come the next day with his parents and hang out with us, but he couldn't do any activity. Drove him nuts. Um, He's one of those that was a live wire. Um, But anyway, last time I saw him a few years ago, we were joking about that. Of course, he doesn't remember the actual incident. But I remember that, that feeling of helplessness when we couldn't get cell phone reception. Think about David, and we're going to look at Psalm 70 and his cry out. Um... And so when I, I was thinking about this passage and, and thinking of a title, I, I, this came, up, came to mind. It says, does God procrastinate? And some of you would say, no, and we can sing and have the Lord's Supper and go, shortest sermon ever. No, God doesn't procrastinate. That is true. But have you ever been in that moment where when you're praying and you're seeking God and you just thought, hey, God, are you acting here? Is it time? I'm, I'm desperate here you know procrastinate is uh, you know to delay to hesitate to act reluctantly all that those are not characteristics of our god god is always able to help his children totally covered he made time so he is not limited by time we humans are but he is not but sometimes it does feel like god are you i'm hurting here I'm, i need you but his timing is perfect. So if I could put a kind of a a, a sentence title for us or a thing to, to, to take home, we can pray with confidence. Okay, we can pray with confidence that God will be glorified when in his perfect time, his help arrives. Okay, so we can pray with confidence that God will be glorified at the perfect time when his help arrives. Okay, and I think we're going to look at, we'll see three things here in this Psalm. Uh, so let's uh, look. Number one, pray for God to help immediately. Okay, pray for God to help immediately. Number two, pray for God to humiliate his enemies. And then three, pray that God would honor his great name. So let's, let's read these five verses. Okay, Psalm 70. God, hurry to rescue me. Hurry to help me. Let those who seek to kill me be disgraced and confounded. Let those who wish me harm be turned back and humiliated. Let those who say, aha, aha, retreat because of their shame. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love you, love your salvation, continually say, God is great. Say it with me. God is great. I am oppressed and needy. Hurry to to me, God. You are my help and my deliverer. deliverer. Lord, do not delay. Let's pray. Father, as we unpack this passage and hear these words that David said, and uh, Lord, I pray that... um, you would, you would speak to us. And Lord, that we would, would leave more encouraged and more uh, resting in you and trusting in you, in your power, your sovereignty, your mercy, your grace. And we love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so Psalm 70, this is attributed to David. Um, one of the headings, it says this, to, to bring remembrance. And so for this, for Psalm 38, it's one of those where they... Uh, Anticipate. this was something that was recited a lot um, and recited when some of they were doing some of their offerings, their incense offering in particular. And um, these words actually, if you want to check, uh, Psalm 40, verses 13 to 17, very much mirrors those verses in that psalm too. Um, and this psalm is a lament, okay, a lament psalm. And that's a psalm that's about suffering. It's about suffering, especially in light of injustice, and then it's about a plea for God's help. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of Psalms that have these characteristics. So you can read through it and see. And they're also very open and honest, the writer, and a lot of times David, and their struggles, and in their fears, and their doubts. And so I think when we read them, we can probably see a lot of, of our emotions in our heart and what we're thinking when we read the Psalms. Um, So anyway, number one, pray for God to help immediately, okay? And I think we see this in, in this psalm is bookended with that, verse 1 and verse 5, okay? So verse 1, God, hurry to help me, hurry, hurry to rescue me, hurry to help me. Then 5, I am oppressed and needy, hurry to me, God, you are my help and my deliverer. Lord, do not delay. So we, so here you, you see this with his, his cries of desperation. You know, he's hurry. You know, I, I know when we were up there on that, that mountain and it's like, we got to get 911. We have, we have an urgent need here. And here's David who is feeling threatened with his life. And he's going, God, rescue me, help me. Okay. So as he says these cries of desperation, he also shows, I have nothing. Okay? His mighty men can't help him. His hiding out cannot no longer help him. All these things, his only source for his help, not his friends, not his family, not his name, not his position, not his money, nothing. His only source of help is God and God alone. He says, You're my help. You are my deliverer. And so he cries out and he just says, rescue, help me. Now, he's crying out. And I think part of, of his cry out is he knows that God is the one who can help. How, how, did, how, how does he know that? Well, I think for David, he would know. He knows the stories that we would see him in the Old Testament, the scripture. He's heard the great stories of what God has done. So he's seen that in, uh, in the history of Of Israel, He's seen it in the history of his family and his personal life. He has seen God at work. And he's made note of it. And it's right here. And he knows exactly who to go to because he has the evidence. I hope that we're like that, except we have the New Testament. So we, we see God at work through the Old Testament in the lives of so many on behalf of his people. We've seen it in the New Testament, the ultimate... Christ Jesus, his only son. And then I hope you've seen it, evidence in people around you and in your own lives, in your own life. Um, a little side note, and, and we, we have this at home. And matter of fact, I, was, I, I meant to ask Juana where it was, but we have a, a journal. And when there are prayer requests that are written in it, and we would highlight when it was answered, and it was amazing to go back and to flip through pages from years back and see pages full of highlights, and then we note when God answered that prayer. And so I know, and even now, maybe I can't see the specific words, but I see those pages full of highlights and know that that was God in action. And so when I'm in a crisis or in a moment now where I'm crying out, I remember God's at work. He's the one that can help. He was doing it for David. God is still active today. He's still available to help us. So do we cry out to him? Now, all that said, you know what? Our ultimate enemy, sin, we have no resource, no way to help with that. Not our friends, not our family, not our name, nothing. The only one who can help us with our sin problem is Christ Jesus. God provided a way through his son, the ultimate stepping in and helping us in our need. And so I hope that uh, with that and the, the reminder of 1 John 1, 9, he is, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Folks, that is the ultimate rescue. And that rescue sets in eternity and how grateful we should be. And then on this side of heaven, when we're in crisis, when we're in difficulty, that we continue to go to the one who can help. Jim Shattuck said um, that it was a grand demonstration of divine faithfulness at the cross. God is right on time. Remember Romans 5, 6, For while we were still sinners, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. And then Hebrews four sixteen. Therefore let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. So whether, and I, I hope if you're in this room and you're, you've been wrestling with a question of faith or, and Jesus and is all this real, then I hope this is your morning where you will be ultimately rescued. And if, if you're in this room and it's just navigating life and circumstances and issues and situations and stress and all that, that you would do the same. Turn to the one who can help. Put your faith and trust in him and, and be okay with saying, God, help me, hurry, I need you. David modeled this, and I think especially when you're stressed from your circumstances because of your faith, God is at work. God will will be ready to assist you in your time of need. Years ago, uh, out out of college, a job I had in Atlanta, and I was told to to get a deal on a, I think it was about a $15,000 um, sale for for the company, and to try to push the, and get the sale, I was told to lie about a few things. He didn't say lie, but that's what he was implying. And I just couldn't do it. And so I just went, and I was totally honest, did the best I could to sell, didn't get the sale, and uh, my manager was extremely disappointed and extremely upset. Now... All I did was just pray, God, I just want to do the right thing, even if it costs me. A few months later, it did cost me. I was looking for work. Now, that wasn't the only thing, but that was a big part of it. But I had a a clear conscience because I was seeking to do what was right, and God came through. And when I look back now, 30 years later, God has been faithful then, and he's been faithful ever since. And so I want to continue to put my faith and my trust in him. Cry to him. Number two, pray to God to humiliate his enemies. Verse two, let those who seek to kill me, David speaking, be disgraced and confounded. Let those who wish me harm be turned back and humiliated. So here's David. He's not just saying just a little slap on the wrist. He wants these who are opposed to him and ultimately opposed to God to be shamed, to be embarrassed, to be retreat, to be pushed back because they're opposing God and God's people God's man and so he petitions lord those who seek me to kill me be disgraced and humiliated so he he is definitely in a tough situation and he's just crying out to God and then verse 3 says and those say aha aha retreat because of their shame so they, it's almost like they're mocking, like they got, we got you now, David, kind of mindset. And um, their mocking is getting ready to get them back. Uh, I saw a, a clip, you know how the NFL, they mic up players, and, it, and they'll have a camera on them too. And this one guy was on the sideline, and it was he's on defense, and the offense was playing, and he began to mock a defensive back that was like right here on the sideline and he was taunting him and who are you you're nothing and calling out his number and just we're gonna get you and all this you know what's gonna happen right so the receiver breaks go down and that db kept, intercepts the ball in the end zone and they go back to this guy and he's just <laughs> what, what do you think he's, he's, he's going I've been mic and now I'm pretty embarrassed been mocking this guy and now I'm burned okay so for David, it's going to come. God's going to move. And so he's just laying it out there. Now, uh, I had a friend, and we had something back and forth on this, and it was really cool. I enjoyed it uh, as we were kind of processing this verse, and it turned into a kind of an encouragement in the text stream. Um, but some of us were probably thinking, wait a minute, what did Jesus say about our enemies? Yep. Matthew 5, 43 and 44. So did Jesus, con- is Jesus and David not seeing the eye to eye here? Well, let's, first let's look. What did Jesus say? He said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Hmm, Okay. I think the key here is what is the ultimate motive? You know, if, if our goal is that we want our enemies to be shamed so that they see we've got the upper hand and all that, well, then that's really self-glory. We're, we're kind of putting ourselves up there. You know, that's not our right motive. And Jesus said that. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So as I was was thinking about this and and take and go back there with me, 1 Samuel 17. Okay, this is David and Goliath, right? Okay, what did Goliath do? He sat and he mocked God and he mocked God's people, right? He stood in the valley and taunted. He was a warrior and there was nobody that was willing to to fight him, to challenge him. They were just scared. And day after day, he was mocking God and mocking God's people. Now, this didn't happen but this part but just imagine this what if in in sometime in that time frame Goliath went wait a minute that's the living God and those are his people and what if Goliath stepped into that valley and actually pronounced that said I was wrong you serve the living God if he had done that who would have received the glory God would have right because one would have turned but because Goliath didn't, what happened? Goliath was shamed. Goliath was humiliated. Goli- he even lost his life. So I think for, for for our heart, and I think we can look through history, anytime people are rebelling against God, when they turn and come to faith, then the church celebrates. People celebrate. God does another miracle. A life is changed. To God be the glory. If people resist, ultimately they will be humiliated and they will be ashamed. And so I've, when I think about, for me, those who oppose, oppose me or oppose God's people, I just trust, you know what? If they resist to the end, then they will be. My prayer and my goal, is that they would turn and they would repent and tr- put their faith and trust in Christ. So when I, we see our, our, those in authority over us locally, statewide, nationally, globally, when we see the media and we see so many things that are coming against biblical values, biblical faith, um, let's don't panic. God is in control. And let's be a type of people that we want to lift up others and pray that they turn and come to faith in Christ. And we know if they resist, then they will regret it. Revelation 18 tells us that, that when Jesus comes, those who oppose him will be humiliated. So, let's pray for our enemies. Let's love them. And we know that God will take care of what needs to be taken care of. Three, pray for God to honor his great name. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation continually say, God is great. think of this. So for David, he wants those who call on the living God to be encouraged to see God at work and rejoice and celebrate and give thanks and worship and praise and knowing that he is at work. So that's his desire, the joy of God's people. Let those who love your salvation continually say, God is great. Same for us today. I know for us, uh, on Tuesday mornings, we treasure the time when we are praying for you. And we pull out the cards, and I tell you, we love the, the cartoons. I love the precious, the, just I think two weeks ago, we had one of the children in here that wrote, I love God and I love this church, and then have flowers and all on that. Um, what a blessing. And we rejoiced in that. Then you had one who said, Would you pray for and list people that they are burdened for that need Christ Jesus? And, and so we went through the names. And they had well over ten. And so we said each name because each name is somebody that needs Christ Jesus. So both those prayer cards, we were encouraged. And we want the joy of God's people at Grace. And that joy to be centered in Christ Jesus. And that he gets the glory of his great and wonderful and mighty name. You know, the the glory of Christ and the glory of man cannot coexist. And the glory of Christ is going to be supreme. And so when I think about resistance and I think about people that are openly opposed to God and the, the flesh in me wants to really get after it and, and get mad and boy I want them to really pay for that and then, and then I have, I'm reminded I need to be praying and seeking God's best for them that they would surrender and repent and put faith and trust in him So I have to keep reminding myself, it's almost a a daily battle to guard my heart and to have a tender, humble heart uh, for others. So we need to pray, and I think there's no problem with praying for God to help immediately. And again, God's timing is supreme, and the way God helps us is to bring glory to his name. Voice of the Martyrs, their website and several books that just document people that are praying for God to help. And and in some cases God helped, but he took them home. Now, if if we had the opportunity to speak to them now, they'd say, God answered my prayer, and he took me into his presence. Other times God miraculously intervened and they were able to extend their ministry even in persecution. And so that encourages me and it reminds me God's at work. And so when I get into those stressful moments, I, I remind myself, God's at work. Let me be like Christ. God, help me, because in my flesh, I'm, I'm not going to tend to do that. I want you to work through me and make me more like your son in how, in how I pray and how I act. But I think we have no problem to ask and cry out to God when we're, we're in need, and especially when we're in need or we're pressured because of our faith. So... Pray, and ask God to help you immediately. Pray that if people resist, God will humiliate his enemies. His enemies, right? Not our enemies, his enemies. So let's pray that they would repent and trust Christ. And then let's pray and let's honor his great name. So in your daily life, honor what a great God we serve, a God that we sing to every Sunday morning. He is alive and active. I love stories of faith, and this, this one encouraged me. I read it last week. Um, overseas, many years ago, a missionary felt called to go to the mission field, and God uh, directed her to a tropical island off the coast of Asia. And so she got there and be- lived with the people and began to minister and love and began to talk about Christ and began some small Bible studies. And over time, God started to stir hearts and move and rescue people. And particularly, one young lady, she came to faith in Christ Jesus, repented of her sin, and was growing in her faith and trusting him. Several months later, her son got very, very sick. And recovery was extremely doubtful. And so, uh, as the missionary came by to talk, she, said, she told the miss- missionary, she said, I'm going to pray for God to, to give me ice because they needed ice for the treatment. And the missionary went, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, Tropical Island, not near any big city years ago, no chance for ice. And she said, why not? God is all-powerful. He can help. He has it. He And he loves us. You, you told us so. I'm going to ask. And so ask, she did. And that little Tropical Island, just not long after that, The storm clouds got dark and it rolled into the island and a thunderstorm broke out and it dumped hail all over that island. And she walked out there with that bowl and collected the hailstones and went in and that was just what was needed for the treatment and her son recovered. Now that was a testimony of God's provision and God's glory and he got it, right? He got the glory and um, that was a witness and a reminder to the missionary, it was an encouragement to that, that young mother, and it was encouragement to the believers on that island as they began to grow in faith and see God and act. Not just in the scripture, but they saw God acting and moving among themselves. So I'm, I'm praying that we as a faith family here would continue to be a people that love God, and we want to please and honor Him. We're not earning favor We can't earn it, but we want to do it because we are grateful to our great God that reached out and rescued us. And for a lot of us in here, and we could probably span 50, 60 years where God intervened in our lives and rescued us from a life of sin and made us his children. So let's continue to be a people that's grateful for that, that we worship and that we pray and lift up others and we seek God's best and all for his great and glorious name. Let's pray. Father, as we we reflect on our lives, we want to uh, give glory to you. Lord, we want to repent of sin and repent of our fears and, and, and our doubts. And Lord, as we see in the Psalms, even David and others, they struggled at times. But even in their struggles, they praised you. And so God, even when we falter, pick us up, help us praise you, give glory to you, and each and every day that we trust you more and more. Lord, as uh, life gets kind of chaotic, and in times, some of us, we get into a season of great distress, maybe even... Uh, to appoint persecution. And we know we have brothers and sisters overseas that face persecution at, at tremendously um, difficult levels. Uh, God, we just pray that we and your people overseas that we would be a people that rely and trust in you. And Lord, that, we, that we're okay to cry to you, our Heavenly Father, knowing that you are able and you know the perfect time. And you have all the resources to help us when we're hurting, to rescue us when we need it. And uh, Lord, that as, as you work, and even as we wait for you to work, that we trust you and praise you and give glory to your name. Father, we're thankful for uh, this time. Thank you for rescuing us. And Lord, I pray any in this room, if this is the point where you are making it click in their heart that Christ died on the cross, taking the the penalty of sin. Lord, that, that in this moment, they would surrender and confess and say, Lord, I need a Savior. I put my faith and trust in Christ. Lord, I pray that this would be the day where they would be rescued for eternity. Lord, we thank you. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.